up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here, baby. Portland, Oregon. Rip City, Rose City, whatever you like to call Pearl it. District. We're in the Pearl. <laughs> we are definitely in the Pearl District at the Living the Dream Studios. And as he has already inserted himself in the conversation, I should not have to introduce to you that I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on, D-Boy? As I should. I'm right here with you, man. What's cracking? You know, just grinding, really. A heavy grind right now, um, all in a good way. Uh, I might have said it with a deep breath just because I'm in the middle of the grind, and we know how sometimes it feels when you're in the middle of the grind. But I'm grateful for the grind for sure. But, you know, work going well, real busy. Got, you know, some work that I'm doing with Street Roots, with Portland Street Response, as I always talk to you all about there. Um, It's really moving. Things are really moving. Um, KGW came and... They uh, covered street response and some surveys that we were doing with folks in regards to trying to help create a street response plan and really get the public involved and being able to have some say in how the street response will operate. So that's been keeping me real busy. Obviously, our day-to-day stuff with the vendor program as well. Um, You know, uh, last week we went to a Timbers match. You went to your first soccer match. Was Was that ever? Ever. 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 Okay, okay. Uh. I got to say ever, yep, because the last time I went, it was just to drop something off. I was in uh, Dominguez Hills when I was staying okay. in L.A., and uh-huh. I had Cal State two Dominguez friends, Hills. Yep, actually two friends that went there, Chris Carwright and the producer that still make a lot of my stuff, Imani. So they was working security at the stadium, so I went there to rock okay. with them real quick. But to really just be there and enjoy the game, first time ever. Yeah, and I, I was happy to be able to kind of gift you with that. It was spur of the moment. Right, right, I was able to get a few tickets, which if anybody knows, it is really, really, really hard to get tickets to Timbers matches. Um, fortunately, I'm able to frequent those Timbers matches, but I know just for the everyday person, it could be really hard. They're weightless are super long in regards to season tickets and if you want to be a season ticket holder for the Timbers um, it's going to take a little bit more than your money it's going to take some time because so many people are on the wait list already to be season ticket holders and that's including after just expanding 4,000 more seats they went from 21,000 to about 25,000 seats in the stadium so that tells you kind of the the trajectory that the Timbers have. And really, I want to incorporate the Thorns, too, because they play there as well, and they create this soccer culture, which leads Portland being known as Soccer City USA anyway. So um, I'm glad you got to really see and enjoy that atmosphere, man. It was dope. Yeah, it was a crazy brand-new atmosphere, but it was fun for sure. Definitely fun. Um, but now let's get to some content, and I want to start off with the good news, some real good news in my opinion. And that good news is TNT. You guys all know the network TNT. You've watched an NBA game on there. You probably watched Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, and those guys on there. Um, And I'm pretty sure you watched other shows possibly on TNT as well. It's been around forever. But in regards to the NBA, TNT is getting rid of the players-only broadcast. I repeat, TNT on nights that there's NBA on TNT. 
They are getting rid of the players only broadcast. Thank God. Oh Thank my God. goodness. <laughs> it should be a big clap in the background right <laughs> yeah. now for that. We might insert one, but Damn. even if not, there you go. <laughs> but um Oh man, I can't tell y'all how happy I am about that. And I can't tell y'all how big of a move that was. And reason being is listen, I'm somebody who played college ball myself, who has a background in playing college ball and playing high level basketball, if we're being honest. But obviously, as many of you know, I have a background in sports broadcasting as well. Um, I've been on air having a radio show. I cover Division I basketball as a color commentator right now at Portland State University, Division Three at Pacific University where I play at. I do this, quite frankly. And one thing that I know for sure, I don't care how good you are in basketball. And I understand that a lot of basketball players feel as if what they say goes, especially when they achieve certain things within the sport, and especially when they make it to a certain level within the sport that somebody else may not have necessarily made it to, they feel like what they have to say and how they have to say it holds more weight than somebody who has invested their time and their life studying this game, reporting on this game, being around this game, you are on the court playing ball, buddy. <laughs> like, I get you might have an IQ. I get you might have some amazing talent, and you've been able to get some places. But believe you me, there is an art, there is a skill, and there is some work that you have to put in to put on that headset and dive into those games and do play-by-play -play and do color commentary and do post-game analysis. It's a different kind well, of skill set you everybody. have to – It's not for everybody. But but most players, and I'm speaking as somebody who played myself, obviously not at the NBA level, and that's what we talk about, but most players feel like their word in regards to the sport is more credible just because – they play the sport at a certain level. And there are some people who are behind the microphone that may not have played at that certain level. I disagree in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to broadcasting a game and being able to analyze the game in the sport from a broadcaster seat and not from somebody that's playing Ain't on the that floor. The same, well, is it a similar concept to like when you always had that coach that you, that coached you at a certain level that he never even made it to, where it's like you yeah. never was even this good. Is that, that kind of the same concept we talking about with that? When it's like the TNT, like the broadcasters, they play basketball, so they always think that their word is bond because they was in NBA. It's right. like my right. word is firm and it's right. When For sometimes an sure. outsider really might have a better insight, you know, because they didn't play the game that level. For sure. And for one, there's probably a little bit of a lack of a bias there, especially if you broadcast professionally, you're not supposed to have a bias when it comes to covering these games. So obviously these players are going to have a certain bias to a team that they play for. And even as a player, I could say myself, to a player they might have played like or reflected their game after. Mm -hmm. They may be biased to you know, how they may have gotten done within the sport. It might have been unfair. It might have been something that they didn't agree yet, agree with, yet it happened. There's many biases that yeah. can cause a player to look at a game in a way that's not as compelling, probably not as real, and in a lot of cases not as credible as somebody who's not watching the game. So you like it because it basically brings a clean playing field to – open the doors for everybody well i think yeah it does because that doesn't mean that and obviously that's why it's such a hot thing that doesn't mean that players shouldn't be in these positions 
I want to say that as well. Like I agree that players should be in this in these positions for (laughs) for sure. Like I said, and they got what I would say is the best NBA commentary in the country in the world with Charles, Kenny, Shaq. Uh, Ernie, they name, need to milk that. Whatever sport, whatever, whatever. <laughs> name me two uh, commentators that you think are ex players that are worthy of the position that, that are worthy. You really of- respect. I just, I'm just curious from you being a broadcaster. Who do you think really just uh, uh, all right? Let's, let me, talent? let me, let me, let me dig another layer deeper. Um, are you talking about from like a on air perspective or like post game analysis type of a perspective, whole, or are you talking like play by play in game commentating? Because I've done in, both. In my in my head, I was talking about more like post game commentating. That's what my vision was more so post game commentary. Well, well, as I mentioned, I think Shaq and Kenny have the best show all the way around. I do think that they make credible points and they know how to be entertaining okay. at the same time. They've done it for a long time. Uh, I definitely think that they have the best show. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as somebody who I really think can commentate and knows the game well, uh, I actually think Mark Jackson does well. I think Mark Jackson does really well behind mm-hmm. the microphone. Um, Reggie Miller does well. I'm, I think he really, you know, he's got it down he packed. Got art- yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like Reggie Miller. I like Reggie Miller on the microphone. Um, I would say those are the main two. You know All what right, I mean? I those are the main good, two. Good pick. But, I would agree. But who I really like, whose commentary I like the most, especially like after these games, isn't a former player. It's SVP. Scott yeah. Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt, to me, yeah. is who I like to listen to if SVP I had to hard. point out he an hard. individual. And guess what? He's not Mark Jackson. He's no Shaquille O'Neal. He's no Charles Barkley. He's not any of these guys. Did he but he has league? a certain talent, not that I know of, but he covers all sports. He doesn't just cover the NBA. But... He's good. His commentary good. on the NBA is phenomenal. He's good. And he does he wasn't a player to my knowledge if he was, he wasn't that good a one, but in comparisons especially to the names that I just mentioned and in comparison to the names that I've heard and that I've saw on the players only broadcast that was terrible. SVP doesn't have the same names and his name doesn't hold the same weight that those do. But as somebody who respects both grinds and, you know, has obviously had a passion playing the sport of basketball, has seen some success with it. And quite frankly, I do think the sport of basketball has led me to accomplish some of the things that I've accomplished in the broadcasting world, 100%. So I'm not saying players shouldn't broadcast, but what I'm saying is I also know a other grind when it comes to being a broadcaster. Because I went to school for it. I had to go and do on-campus radio shows. I DJed. I was behind the microphone a lot. I got my presence together a lot. I had to study the game in a different way. Not from X's and O's and watching film. Well, yeah, of course I'm watching film because I'm going to watch the game. But not from strategizing on how to beat the next team. I'm able to dig deep on how both teams play, on what both teams do. And I have no bias based on what team I'm on or what my skill set or ability is. So I've had to broadcast and go through the broadcast broadcast grind and kind of try to push my way through the ranks of a broadcaster to be able to understand a lot of the players even that I broadcast for now and today even at the division one level can't just pop behind that microphone and just get the job done yeah I, <laughs> I feel you. they can't do that so and, and to confirm 
SVP went straight into sports casting in 1990. You see what never, I'm saying? Never hooped. You see what I'm saying? But he's a beast of a broadcaster. University of Maryland. He's a beast of a broadcaster. Sports Center by 91, and then he just took off. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. I And especially, I'm somebody who, you know, obviously I'm critical of 45, and I'm critical of certain things. And I, like I said, I have different lenses when it comes to different topics and different ways of looking at things because I wear many hats. But when it comes to an era today where media is criticized so heavily, be it social media, where you can see a lot more publicly what critics have to say of folks that do this media work for a living. Um, obviously, you see more players calling out the media on their own platforms where they have followers who are fans of them. So when they say something, whether it be credible or not credible because it's their fans that follow their Instagram, they're by default going to back up the player who might not have even said something that really made sense like right, that. Right, yeah, fact. But it's a fact. biased fan base. Yeah. So with all of that, I do want to come agree. to the backing of the media profession as somebody, like I said, who's a part better. of the grind, who does it himself, that no, it's not that easy. It's not as simple as a tweet of somebody, of a player being mad at a broadcast or a player being bad at somebody in the media because of what they do so or what they say about real them. Quick, how could it be? Like, we just talked about a lot of ways where it's good for the situation. How could it be bad, if any? Is it anything that could possibly, if you're playing devil's advocate with? There's no way because no it way. doesn't eliminate, it doesn't eliminate players not being able to broadcast. And that's one thing that I want to, you know, really key in on because I was a player and I do give my playing days some credit and some credibility when it comes to me now being a broadcaster. But I also know those were two different grinds in itself. I was able to pull them together, but I had to grind a certain way on the court, right. and I also had to grind a certain way becoming a broadcaster and kind of moving up within the media game. And so now I've been able to piece them all together, but it wasn't always like that. Right, right. It wasn't always like that. <laughs> it wasn't always like that. So I'm just really happy that the NBA did away with that or that TNT did away with that, I should say, especially being that, like I said, you see Stephen A. on ESPN all the time. Why? He's entertaining. He's a great broadcaster. You see him from morning to night on ESPN. You have what I would consider to be the best basketball show in the world with NBA on TNT. And you got to ride that all the way out. Right. <laughs> they right, got right. your ratings through the roof. Their brand is through the roof. Everybody loves them. Go ahead and ride that out and not bring these amateurs on that only know how to play the game but may not necessarily know how to be great orators when it comes to talking about the game. Right. But uh, next up, it's a slow news week, y'all. And so, D-Boy, you're the baseball guy here on this podcast. We got to get baseball popping. We'll keep it we'll keep it rolling on here after the break. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Baseball, baseball. It's coming straight to you. I'm throwing the pitch. Hit it out <laughs> the park for me. Talk to um, me. So... It's slow right now. Slow news happening right now. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. In fact, when the whole situation happened with Aisha Curry and her hitting the Millie Rock and social media wanting to criticize her for whatever reason, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, clear, Steph Curry came out and was like, well, it must be a slow news week. <laughs> if this is the big news of the week, Aisha right. doing a Millie Rock. 
So, you know, we're sports guys. Obviously, I was able to play up to a college basketball level, but you were able to play up to a college baseball level. So when it comes to baseball, I like to ask you questions in regard to that sport because, quite frankly, you've been there and you've done that. Um, what can baseball do to just make it to where we can talk about them on a podcast without talking about what baseball can do for us? To, to get better, to more entertaining? Yes. Um, it's not. I, I think it's not. Is it going, over? No, I don't think it's over. I think we just live in a different time. A fat, baseball has always been a slower game. We know that. But it's for certain reasons that people enjoy it just the outdoors the summertime feel of the, the game uh the sunflower all of the everything that goes up with baseball right, used different to be aesthetics. The, the songs that go with the game take me out to the ball all of that you feel right. me i think that that's just not what's idolized and cool anymore and i think we live in a world that's so driven off of what's cool or what's hot right now and baseball just doesn't fall in that category you got basketball players that have shoes a lot of baseball players don't have shoes or right. don't have desirable Brands. shoes it's it's a lot to do with the branding Brands. if it would be helping it's like i i seen some mike trout shoes at ross for 21.99 yeah <laughs> they i tried them on they didn't feel good they didn't look good on my feet make a baseball shoe desirable to yeah, the fashion yeah, 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 world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? To let's see what's trendy. See what's going Ken on. King Griffey and, did it. Exactly. Ken and Griffey that's what did I mean. It. it ain't been one since Ken Griffey. We ain't just focused on Jordan shoes these days. You got Dame dropping shoes with Adidas. James Harden dropping shoes with Adidas. KD dropping shoes with Nike. Nike yeah. LeBron dropping shoes with Nike. And I'm talking about upwards of two hundred dollars because people really want them. Yeah. It's not fitting the but, culture. But do you think it's the likeness of the players that leads to the likeness of the shoe? Do you think it's the likeness of the shoe that leads to people wanting to buy the shoe? Like, man, what listen, can the players man, do listen. to make Mike the Trout sport made, more like? I, I watched, How did you make the sport more listen, entertaining? Like, Mike talk Trout, to me. Mike Trout made some big news. Didn't he get a half a billion dollars? Yeah, about that. My whole timeline that day was baseball. I'll tell you that much. Nobody missed the fact that Mike Trout made a half a billion dollars. It was memes created, ASAPless. What I'm saying is Mike Trout is known. Mike yeah. Trout is liked. Mike Trout doesn't have a desirable shoe to be somebody that makes that kind of money. He's not tapped into any culture that we know of. Right. And when I say culture, I'm talking about culture of the world right now, where yeah. we're at. Social Hip -hop, media, hip-hop, all of that. I don't, I don't see all his that. face enough right. for... A half a billion dollars to be spoken for. That's interesting you say that because I was listening to CJ McCollum's podcast and he interviewed Tim Anderson, who we talked about on this podcast when he got suspended for saying the N-word. And they talked about social media on there and Tim Anderson was talking about his clips and how, you know, him being from Southside Chicago, him being a, back, a black baseball player, he puts trap music behind his highlights to try to change that narrative mm -hmm. um, in regards to the disconnection to the culture. But what I want to know more so, especially from you, because Ooh, you made a song from I the just Blazers. Of a hell of an idea. Bro. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already beating you to the punch, All and right. you're thinking of the idea <laughs> while I'm getting ready to actually ask you a question and kind of put you to the test on this. You made a song for the Blazers in the NBA, right? Right. So you're somebody that knows that 
there's a connection there when it comes to the culture in the NBA. You also know that baseball and MLB is still a big market nonetheless. And you're somebody who played baseball, yet you made a basketball record and still haven't made a baseball record. Do you think that you could fill that void? Obviously, and I'm talking maybe kind of not even a dream or a fantasy world, but let's say Portland got a baseball team. That you can go in a direction to bridge the gap between the culture and baseball. Because we know that there's there's a bridge that's not quite there and you can fall off a cliff trying to connect the two. I could actually be even more ahead of the curve than that and make a song about baseball to PDX because that's a big thing with that's true. going on right now. <laughs> that's and I think true. it would be adopted considering the fact I have the resume of the Dutch Bros and that's the Portland Trail Blazers. So I don't think it would necessarily take for me to wait till the team got here to have to do that. Yeah. And it is something to consider and think about. So See? Uh, definitely. What I was going to say even more in depth with the music and sports connection is that I think it's a hell of an idea. I just thought of it right now, but baseball is nine innings in the major leagues. Long game. Average about two hours and 15, two hours and 30 minutes, I believe. Uh, I think personally, because I was at Buffalo Wild Wings maybe a week or two ago. The Giants played 18 innings, bro. San Francisco Giants. It's a long time. A long time. Stadium completely empty before uh-huh. that game was over. It was it was too long, right? Obviously, we know that that's far and few in between where games are that long. That's basically right. double the time. It might have been 17 innings, but nonetheless, you get the point. I think that halfway through the game, maybe not wait till the seventh inning stretch, but maybe the fifth, sixth inning, it should be a little concert. They should start halftime show. Like they should, they should start, <laughs> mid-game show. They should start booking people to perform and maybe not be oh. such long sets as if it was a full concert. But give somebody a like a halftime yeah, show. Yeah, give somebody a fifteen-minute set to to uh, do intermission. Yeah, uh, intermission. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Okay. This would be uh, okay. You know, in places permitted, obviously weather permitted or whatever. But I think if you got decent enough weather to play baseball. For the most part, I know they play because the problem games, is but. the problem is baseball wants to do everything in the beginning of the game. You want to do the first pitch yeah, that's no, before the game. You, you want to do baseball doesn't really get, get into hip hop, yeah. but it's America's yeah. pastime. You want to have the best singer yeah. doing the national yeah. anthem. Yeah. All of that is before somebody, the game. If somebody There's performs nothing, after yeah. the fifth or sixth inning, now you still wild from the performance. Plus right. the atmosphere has changed. Different now energy. that's going to get you through that last four innings. Interesting. Of the game. So Interesting. I think it should be a break in in time where something very you know entertaining should take place and not to say that baseball is not entertaining but in the game that i just mentioned not only was it 17 or 18 innings the score was one to one. Oh man so, you so it's already a lot of it's like when you can't bank on everything being 13 to 4 and big home runs being hit with that being said give us some entertainment we know baseball has a lot of money Put yeah. some put some entertainment. Give me give yeah. us a fifteen minute set. That's a and good point. It should point. be all genres. It could be pop music, country music, rap music. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's one hundred and sixty two you know, games, so you have room to be room able to, to book everything. anybody and exactly. anything. On you can make it a country night. You can exactly. make it a hip hop. You could do whatever theme you want because you got eighty one games at home. Exactly. So <laughs> I think it. between the branding of the players being intensified, along with adding some in-game entertainment because I'm going to be honest, being a baseball fan and going to these stadiums and reading up on stadiums I want to go to, 
these stadiums are being made nice. They're very these nice. These T-Mobile parks. Nice. I remember uh, the Giants being ahead of the curve with their stadium uh -huh. with the Coke bottle and the glove right, and the right. whole play area and all that. They're putting a lot of time and effort and thought into these stadiums. And we but saw you got to get the people to the stadium. For sure. And, and I, we saw the future of stadiums. If Portland Diamond Project is able to get one here, when they yeah yeah exactly they, they right, already man. showed us um, on, a man. sketch kind of what the stadium could be like Come here on. in Portland. Technology so. is ever so moving. So when you the newest, you got the latest and greatest. You feel me? The ideas, <laughs> oh, it's all it's hard right hearing. now. So I I'm think saying. that's a really good point though. For a halftime show. Yeah. Football has a halftime yeah, show. Man. Basketball has a halftime show. Soccer people. has halftime. I mean, the, people, it, yeah, there's halftime there. So that's I think that it's a long game. Two and a half hours, you need something to kind of wedge an intermission. in. Intermission. A play intermission. has an intermission. Like, there's always a and break, like snack break. Seventh inning stretch, take me out to, to the, the ball. ball. Yeah, it's, it's, a, enough, it's played no out. It's played, it's played out. out. It's played. The kids don't want to sing that. Yeah, exactly. The kids exactly. are seeing two cool things on social media to exactly. want to sing an uncool song like exactly. that. <laughs> like, it's just. And entertaining <laughs> things do happen within a game. It's not even just about the score. I mean, when you look at. ESPN top 10 a lot of times way high up in there be sports plays some of these backhands and going to get stuff deep in the hole short stops and all kind of stuff It's all kind of trickery and different great plays that take place in baseball but you would miss them because it's nothing else that's keeping you know it might be eight innings around that that might not be that entertaining and you might mm -hmm. see these couple of good plays but if you know that if you turn in channels and in the third inning it says Oh, coming up is Beyonce performing at the fifth inning stretch, whatever. Yeah. Now you might just keep it there. You feel me? For I'm sure. Gonna see what you know, For and sure. I think they could do that. And I'm just throwing Beyonce as just a name. No, but. no, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. No, I think it's interesting, and I also think that's where baseball has to utilize their like super fans if there are any but obviously in basketball it's we always fans. talk about it's the drakes fans. for the raptors and the e40s and even the you in portland yeah. oregon yeah. performing at the games yeah, like sure. you do it yeah. <laughs> that's why i felt like you were the perfect perfect person to kind of fix this thing because yeah. i mean we love baseball. I wish there was somebody I could talk to about that because I think it's a damn good idea. Yeah, and we love baseball. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love as it. as African American young men, we love baseball, and that's not necessarily the case for our younger generations that yeah. are coming after us that don't really appreciate the sport like that. So we're not anti baseball, and we're not here to shit on baseball. Right. But the sport has to figure something out because yeah. I'm tired a, of talking about as the an NBA. ex college player. I could tell you right now, I don't look at it unless it's on TV at a bar or something. Yeah. I don't, you know, when I watched baseball, it was because I was a student of the game. I loved the game, obviously, but I was looking at certain stuff that is really not rele re relevant anymore to me yeah. when it comes to toe taps and, you know, We don't even remember fights that, so. that happen in baseball anymore. Like, in what sport yeah. do you not remember a fight? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's what I like. I hate to say it, but I was just looking. It was crazy because I follow both CC Sabathia and his wife, Amber Sabathia, and she just posted a real cool compilation because his birthday just passed. Mm -hmm. And she posted a real cool compilation of just so many different moments, at least a dozen, where CeCe just fired up. Whether it's cussing somebody out, whether him and the coach is tag teaming on an umpire, whether it's talking mess to yeah. a, a batter that he just struck out for yeah. the, the third out, whatever it is, it's like it brought back so many memories and like 
man, baseball really is this fun and intense. I really yeah, seen the, I, you yeah, know, but that was good. it doesn't That's get good a stuff. lot. So it was good. It was like just that clip. I probably rewatched seven times just because. I watched I it. Like, I saw that clip yeah, too, so and I, I didn't even like, think about it in that way. Yeah. Partially because CC is from where we from, so we and, already know it's and that's what I'm saying. But, but in if, regards to the sport, yeah, that was, was necessary. More of that going on, it's like I can go to an NHL game and expect it to be a fight. It's a letdown if it's not a fight. And I'm yeah. not saying we're advocating fighting in baseball, but just more fire and you know just the intensity you. because I guess even with basketball, you can see that fight when it get. You know, you start seeing that intensity when people yeah. got their trademark little things. When you know it's go time, Kobe did the bite in the jersey. Dame got he the did. Lillard time. Dame got the Lillard time. Uh -huh. LeBron beating his chest. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook he, carrying he, he, the, yeah, baby. the baby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all. It's all, all of this stuff is really a part of branding <laughs> and culture. And yeah. I think we just don't have nothing to mimic. Not even from a half a billion dollar earner in the sport. So I'll tell you two things that need to be done. Then for one. The sport needs to allow cooler stuff like the bat flip and all of that kind of stuff. Facts. Um, but for two, um, the players need to pick it up on the marketing end, brother. Because mm -hmm. I did a social media mm -hmm. experiment and I looked up the rankings. Most sports media outlets or some of the major sports media outlets do rankings coming in every year. So ESPN actually did a ranking of the top 100 players coming into the NBA this past season. And they did one for, I believe, the MLB as well. And then NFL Network did a top 100 ranking of NFL players coming into the season last, last year. And so what I did was I looked up the top five from each sport. I looked up the top five in the NBA. I looked up the top five in the, in the, in the NFL. And I looked up the top five in the MLB. I think, for one, the NBA numbers shitted on both the NFL and MLB when it came to the top five players within that sport. As expected, right? As expected, for sure. The NFL numbers weren't great, especially knowing the demographics that are kind of the same when it comes to the NFL and the NBA. But where I will cut the NFL a little bit of slack, just a little bit, because I do think a lot of it is the league's fault and the owner's fault, and I think we learned that throughout the whole Colin Kaepernick ordeal. But where I give football a little bit of a break is – it's a sport that wears a face mask. You can't see these guys' faces. It's hard to be able to have that facial recognition there. And mm -hmm. I've talked about that here on this yeah, podcast with a friend of mine before. at Pacific who, who said that. So I give them a little bit of leeway there. With right. baseball, and, but football did at least have all five of their top players with an Instagram. In baseball, three of the top five had an Instagram. The top one only had like one million followers, which was Mike Trout. <laughs> out of that's those crazy. rankings. Yeah, and two of them crazy. didn't even have Instagrams. And that's why, like I said, when I heard um, Tim, when I heard Tim Anderson on CJ McCollum's podcast and he mentioned how he puts the trap music behind his highlights and things like that, I was convicted. I was convicted See? to go follow Tim Anderson See? because I am somebody who supports baseball and, and I see and that, that his mission is to, he's putting See? some thought and his mission is See? to try to make the sport cool again. See? And I can respect that and I support that. So I was convicted to go and follow him myself. He had 112K followers, which isn't many, but we have to also take that step. The players have to take that step. Us as baseball fans have to take that step. We have to try to demand that. From baseball, if it comes here to Portland as well, being an innovator, being somebody that can change the game. If you want to hear me talk more about that, 
just listen to that podcast that I did with Portland City Club. Um, it's definitely there. Like it's called Next on the Mic. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts. I talk plenty about what Major League Baseball should do if they try to bring baseball here to PDX and the ways that Portland can be innovative when it comes to the sport socially, within the sport, at the stadium, all of that good stuff, diversity-wise, all of that. But, yeah. I, I was convicted to go follow Tim Anderson when I heard him mention that that's what he's doing to try to make the game cool again. And if you are somebody who likes baseball, we do still play a responsibility in that as consumers. Yeah, I agree. So we got the Take an L segment coming up next, y'all. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy. Yo. Start me off. Who you got taking an L today, man? The Shade Room. The Shade Room. Quick fast and in a hurry, too. (laughs) Talk to me. The damn Shade Room. Uh, I honestly don't follow the Shade Room, but time and time again, very... Very minimal, but maybe once or twice a month I go there just to kind of see what news is out there for potential L's. You know, I see a lot Mm -hmm. of different news and media coverage from the Shade Room about different situations, and sometimes they have their opinion and different things, and I like to read up on it. So as I was visiting the Shade Room today, I noticed that once again they covered, which I think they have fun with this, they covered Matt Barnes and uh, his ex-wife and Derek Fisher's triangular drama that they've been having. And I think we covered that here on the podcast like way earlier into uh, the life of this podcast. But nonetheless, we did talk about it and dive into a situation that had arised at that time. Now, currently, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and I see the shade room, which... Before I keep going, I follow Matt Barnes. I don't follow the Shade Room, but I follow Matt Barnes. I I I respect him as you know what he did for the game and post playing just with his genuine crazy, not scared to cuss somebody out in his comments. You see Matt Barnes sometimes. Yeah, he's he, wild. He wild, right? He was wild on the court though. Exactly. He if was it, wild yeah, on the court. It's all genuine. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I follow yeah. him because I think it's Matt, real. Matt Barnes when he, was crazy. When he, cuss you out, he really cussed you out. Matt Barnes is crazy. And I be reading it, but anyway, so when I see these. Because I know how crazy and real he is, when I see these headlines, it kind of is clickbait, I guess. But this reads, Matt Barnes reportedly wants child support payments to Gloria Govan or whatever her last... What's her last name? Govan? Govan? Something crazy. Yeah. Support payments to Gloria Govan reduced, says Derek Fisher is funding her lifestyle. So, do you understand what's going on there? They're basically saying that Matt Barnes has asked to have his child support reduced because uh, Derek Fisher got money and right. he could fund a lifestyle. Right. Did that sound like something that Matt Barnes would do to you? I don't know. No. I think he's a little more real than That's that. That's what I meant. It was clickbait. For one, as I got deeper into it, Matt Barnes actually has custody of his kids. He wouldn't be paying child support. That's first and foremost. And for two, that... it. it Matt Barnes commented on it and said it was fake news. He said it's not true at all. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. So my question to you, being somebody in the media world, amongst other things, I don't even know how to classify you sometimes, but you've been <laughs> right. in the broadcasting, media, everything world. How how do people get away with fake news, and, and how do you feel about 
people like this because like I said, it is a lot of credible stuff that I come across on a few times that I do search for the shade room. But when I see people just flat out saying this news is not true about themselves, how is it excused so easily and swept under the rug when it could be something that could potentially tarnish somebody's yeah, it's, career it's, or Yeah, there's no journalistic or... integrity there, and they should be condemned for that. Right. Essentially, if, if it is fake news, by the way. but And I do believe you, and I, I think Matt Barnes is credible enough to believe. But um, in the case where it is fake news, because that is out there and it does exist, um, I do think that you know there's little to no journalistic integrity there. If it wasn't a true mistake, if it was for clickbait, and I also am of the belief that a lot of people do a lot of shit for clickbait out I there. I see it a lot these but, days. But as I mentioned earlier, when I talked about the basketball stuff, I listen to real media personalities. <laughs> I listen to people that do real commentary. And a commentator who I like, and I'm pretty sure many of you are aware of, is Charlemagne the God. Right. And I listen to his podcast, The Brilliant Idiots. I'm no hater. Shameless plug there. I listen to it weekly. And Charlemagne, on his podcast, I hear him often say, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it here, but um, people don't care about the truth when the lie is more entertaining. Charlemagne says that often. I've heard him say it on more than one occasion. And I do think that there's some truth there, especially in a day and age where content is so in your face with the Internet really dominating the world. Um, I definitely think that, you know, entertainment and, and let's just be real with the money that entertainment brings in. Like there's a lot of business surrounding entertainment, which mm -hmm. we were just talking about with the baseball stuff. We talk about it often with basketball, with all these sports, how the culture and the entertainment industry needs to and does have a significant role and, you know, just all types of business these days, people are going to do anything to try to insert themselves do into that world. They'll do anything for clout. And That's sometimes crazy. you have people who don't have don't journalistic integrity. And, so and quite frankly, I think those are the people that make less of a difference or have less of impact ultimately when it comes to what they say. Can't say that Facts. too much about the shade because room, but for most people that I do mean, I, follow that clickbait yeah. type of a path, that's what I would have to say for them. Right. And even with the shade room, that kind of just, when you say that, you kind of only measure in Instagram, I would assume, because on Instagram, it's a lot of ratchet, drama-fied people who are driven to that kind of stuff anyways. So I could see where the success would be in that. Right. it's drama-filled. Drama-filled. <laughs> it, yeah, in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, it's really... Yeah, it's really not that impactful, for real. It's not. Yeah, it's, not. <laughs> it's not. Like, it's really not that impactful. I don't think anybody who was a Matt Barnes fan is no longer a Matt Barnes fan after right. that post. Right. Part of the reason why you and I are of the belief that it probably is fake news mm -hmm. and Matt Barnes is being and credible in what he said. even if it wasn't <laughs> fake news, it's not that horrible where it would stray me one way or another. So it's just like, come on, man. Like, you're going to create a weak story and use fake news if what Matt Barnes is saying is true, I just I think that I'm seeing it a lot lately, and I think people just got to do better. That's kind of yeah, what my point was. For sure. Integrity. I'm seeing so many from Facebook clickbaits now to everything is just polluted with so much clickbait. Yeah. And fake news and partial news that I think it just the game got to be stepped up, and that's why I think podcasts are thriving and winning right 100%. now. One hundred percent. This exactly. is where the real is happening, yeah, man. This is where real. the real content is happening. For me, I got to give my take and L to Donald Trump. And the reason why 
I got to give it to Donald Trump is because many of you um, know the tweets that he sent out in regards to the four congresswomen and telling them to go back to where they came from. Uh, many of you oh, saw the speech that Donald Trump had where um, everybody who essentially or most people who essentially attended the speech were saying they were chanting, send her back, send her back, talking oh, about uh, Congresswoman Omar. Um, and, yeah, that was obviously very disturbing. And I'm disturbed by that in many ways, especially being that, as I mentioned before, I'm somebody who works around politics here in the city of Portland. I'm in City Hall often. Uh, we're working with Commissioner Hardesty on Portland Street Response right now. Um, I've done things with the mayor here in the city of Portland. Our our content is more social justice type content. So we interview Senator Ron Wyden. We interview Chief Danielle Outlaw. We interview the policymakers and the people in politics here locally. And we also insert ourselves mm -hmm. in certain things when it comes to things such as the Portland Street response where we're talking to the policymakers and we're kind of we're not even kind of we're doing advocacy work right when it comes right. to trying to make things change here in the community and um you know our organization around the same time actually when Trump came out with these tweets just not even a week after Commissioner Joanne Hardesty who's the, who is a city commissioner here in the city of Portland um, she's working with us. Her staff is working with us on the Portland Street response right now. She is the first African-American female congresswoman. Oh, no. Female city commissioner. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, but y'all catch we my drift there. We she is the first African-American uh, city commissioner here in the city of Portland. And she posted a video. And the video she posted was of these big boulders. Um that are being placed to not allow homeless people to camp because we know there's a homeless issue here in the city of Portland and ODOT is putting these big, huge boulders down in areas where vendors camp so that they can't sleep in. I mean, not vendors, wow. excuse me, I'm saying, but where homeless folks camp. Right. And yeah, <laughs> they can't sleep there anymore with these big boulders in the way. So Hardesty, so Hardesty, she does a video. It goes all over the place. It circulates as it should. She's a city commissioner. It's Joanne Hardesty here that we're talking about. And she's now fielding and receiving a bunch of racist calls from people in the city because of her, you know, combating these boulders and some of the decisions that ODOT is making here in the city of Portland. And instead of people addressing the actual issue, which Commissioner Hardesty is trying to do, people decide to address her race. And so I think that there's definitely a trickle-down effect when you talk about what's happening at the highest of levels right. in government and national government, federal government, mm -hmm. with Trump talking like this to these congresswomen, and it's trickling down here to local government and what is a big city and a very prominent city in this country, but nonetheless, there's still a local element to it being here in Portland and Joanne Hardesty who holds a pretty very good seat in City Hall is now fielding these calls about homeless issues mm -hmm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. she is of color and That's that crazy. model has been put out there and our executive director Kaya San she went on Street Roots 
our Twitter page and she made a statement about it because when Hardesty made that video, Hardesty was also doing a listening session for Portland Street Response. So that's how she even ended up in the area mm -hmm. because she was doing a listening session with homeless folks for Portland Street Response, which is what we're working on her with, working with uh, with her on, excuse me. Right. But yeah, so that effect is there. But to go a step further, <laughs> To go a step further, here we go. He makes these comments about these women of color, right? Right. Guess what he does? He tweets out here in the last couple of days. I can't guess. He is disappointed, and I'm actually gonna go find the tweet. Trump is disappointed in the Prime Minister of Sweden because ASAP Rocky, who we talked about on the last podcast episode, <laughs> is not free from jail. And now Trump is out basically tweeting and saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Trump is basically tweeting and saying that he's disappointed in the prime minister of Sweden for not being able to act. And Sweden has let down our African-American community down oh, in the United States. <laughs> He's a hip. He, within a week. He's a, he's within, a character. He's, within a week. He's a character. He tells them to go back to where they came from, and now he wants to try and support ASAP Rocky, who I talked about it on last week's podcast. I don't want to see ASAP Rocky in that position. If Trump can get him out, cool. I'm okay with that. Some people feel certain type of ways about ASAP Rocky because of some comments he made, I think, about Michael Gardner that were not cool. And I agree that they were not cool. But as somebody who was just international myself and who potentially saw myself possibly being able to be in a bad situation while being international, I kind of feel for the guy. But anywho... Trump to play this game to go from last week talking down on these congresswomen and now this week he's trying to talk in support of the African-American community because he can't get a rapper out just talks to the pop culture game that the dude is playing how hypocritical as you said he is mm -hmm. and how we need to call him out every single time now when it comes, we need to call him out every single time when it comes to sort of his appropriation of the culture. Now, don't get me wrong. I was a person who tweeted when he said what he said. I was a person who tweeted that, you know, sometimes you got to let people expose themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, you have to act accordingly. I wasn't necessarily talking about Trump when I said that because Trump has already exposed himself in several different ways. I was more so talking about the people that were supporting Trump and that were shouting, send her back, send her back. And it was a significant enough of amount of people to know that that is a thing in the United States of America, which is Trump having supporters. Right. What backs that? He's the president of the United States. <laughs> so it's just that's more so where I was talking about you know, sometimes you just got to move accordingly because people expose themselves and they show their true colors on who they really are. I think Trump Ben did that, and I need he. I think he needs to continuously get called out when doing that, amongst several other things. We know what's happening with Mueller and all of that stuff right now, but I just think he takes an L for really trying to loop his way around within a week's time span from talking down to those four congresswomen about being of color to now trying to defend the African-American community and because the prime minister of Sweden 
Washington isn't letting ASAP Rocky out. I'm not letting you get away with that, Trump. And I'm not going to let my listeners let you get away with that either, Trump. So you, not my friend, but you, 45, have took an L this week. On that note. On that note. Yeah, make that yeah. clear. <laughs> on that note, tell them where to find you, D-Boy. D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y on all platforms. LTD for living a dream. Uh, we got a project on the way, Life Outside Social Media. Boy, has it been a long ride, but we on the way to wrapping this thing up, and release dates will be coming soon. Stay tuned. And y'all know where to find me, Pounce underscore Sation, or just search my name, Devon Pouncey. We are there. We are aware. And uh, we're doing our thing. Make sure you all give it your all and whatever it is that you are going to go do. And uh, until next time, you know that we will leave y'all the only way that we know how. And that is to stay woke and go in.